Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Mage Wars Mondays. My name is Rick Perez, the uh, the Herald of Galactus, and today I am joined again by my uh, two partners here. Hey everybody, this is Scott Morris. I'm uh, Vice President of Business Development for Arcane Wonders, and Talos is my co-pilot. <laughs> Uh, I'm Aaron Brosman. I'm the creative director for Arcane Wonders. And if we're going by Heralds, I call dibs on Fire Lord. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, that works. That works out a lot. All right, guys, we're going to be talking about the two new mages in Forged in Fire today, the Adremelech Warlock and the Anvil Throne Warlord. Now, Forged in Fire is going to be due out later this June. Um, and before we get into that, I would like just to quickly say uh, that I thank you so much for all the feedback we've gotten on the three episodes we've done thus far. We really appreciate it, and uh, I am totally stoked that everybody is so excited for this so um, thank you again uh, it means a lot and it's, it's good to know that you guys are enjoying what we're doing you like us you really like us <laughs> <laughs> <Dear. Well. laughs> no it has been it has been really good we've gotten a lot of feedback on Facebook we've gotten a lot of feedback on our forums and uh, every kind of site in between you know BGG everything else so it's been really good I'm, I'm glad to see people are enjoying it and We've got a couple of requests, and uh, hopefully uh, we, we can deliver on them, so let's see how it goes. Mm. Yeah, and this is one of the requests, so uh, we let you guys pick episode number four, and you really wanted to know a little bit about the two new mages, so that's why we're doing this one today. So let's start things off with the Adramalek Warlock. Um, just really quickly going down her base stats, of course, standard 120 spell points for her spellbook, 33 base health, 0 armor, and 9 channeling. Of course, she is a warlock, so she's going to be trained in the dark and fire schools of magic. And she has three really neat abilities that we'll go into here. The first being fire weaving. Uh, fire weaving says that once per round, at the end of her action phase, the warlock may target an object up to two zones away, and then she can move a burn condition from that object to another target object in that same zone. And this ability and really what you're going to see with her is just she's going to burn everything as fast as possible. <laughs> this new mage is absolutely uh, what did you call her? Talks uh, a glass cannon. She's kind of a glass cannon, right? I mean, she's she's, she's at 33 health, which is, is pretty low compared to her her counterpart warlock. Um, but she can make up for it in uh, her firepower, so to speak. <laughs> Yeah, she's going to deal a lot of damage, and if you guys are going against the Adremalek Warlock, if you don't have some way to control the burn, it's going to be a very long night for you in the arena. Or very short. Or very short, <laughs> yeah. You may not feel a lot of it at the end of the day. Once those nerve endings singe, you're, you're, uh, you're going to be alright. Uh, what do you guys think about fire weaving? Oh, well, fire weaving's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think sweet. fire weaving. Uh, I think the thing about fire weaving is its options, right? I mean, it it, it allows you with the multitude of fire spells and, and things that can burn, uh, and and all the stuff that already existed in the world of Etheria that lets you burn. Now you have options, right? You know, you could have a burn token on an opponent's creature. Another creature right next to it is coming after you, and you're about to 
you know, get get waxed by this one, but it's only got like you know one or two health left. You're able to go ahead and turn around and, and slap that you know token on that one instead. It just gives you nothing but options, which is, in my opinion, that's that's what helps you win in in this game or any game is being able to adapt to the the style on the field. So I think it's really good. Absolutely, oh, you definitely. T- you touched on something there that I wanted to point out for sure. Is that uh, if you know something's going to die and you don't want to have all three of those burn tokens stacked on that one creature, pull one off, put it on another one, and just see and just see that cringe on your opponent's face as you're just spreading <laughs> all that damage around. There's a uh, there's a tagline that we've been using for this mage that uh, it says "Where I walk, the world burns." <laughs> That's pretty much what fireweaving does, right? It's wherever wherever she gazes, whatever she touches, she she's like the flaming Midas. So yeah, yeah. She, I mean, with that tagline, I think she may become the most metal mage in Etheria. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I can see that. Yeah. Oh. Her, her next ability is called Smoldering Curses, and I really like this one as well. It says, enemy creatures gain the flame plus one trait if they have one or more revealed curses you control attached to them. And remember that flame plus one means that you're going to uh, roll one extra damage die um, anytime you do a fire-based attack on that creature. Um, and it's just, when you think about it, and you think about her abilities to be able to move those fire tokens around, and, uh, sorry, those burn tokens around, it just... It, it, it really it really brings a smile to my face. Yeah, there's so many good curses that are already in the game. I mean, there, there's so many things that are out there. I mean, the original Warlock from the, the core set was very much built around curses. Um, yeah. And there, there's so many things that already exist that are great. But the fact that you can drop a very inexpensive mana curse... You know, onto somebody and then turn around and, and use your flame plus one... Either from your own base attack, you know, we haven't we haven't talked about that yet, you know, but her base attack is a flame attack. Oh, so um, awesome. And then, yeah, and then you add in the multitude of creatures like a flaming hellion or like the the um, ignite or not ignite. I'm sorry, uh, combustion where you can blow things up. There's so many different things that you can do to add that flame plus one to your fire attacks with that. That again, it gives you a ton of options. Um, but combines up with the power of cursing because they're, they're uh, let's face it there's no curses that are good <laughs> there's yeah. nobody nobody wants to have a curse on them no no one says oh could you put agony on me please you know it's yeah. like that's never a good thing so if you if you get that out there pretty quickly you can start to do some pretty hefty damage no definitely that the I mean the obvious one that comes to mind is marked for death because when you marked for death. With her, you're effectively doing it twice. Um, yep. Especially if you have, you know, like a firebrand imp, and you mark something for death, then it's going to swing with four dice, <coughs> and suddenly that little five mana creature is actually kind of frightful, as opposed to meh. I might deal with him. I might not. So. Yeah, mark the for death. The other one really that I like is Ghoul Rot. Oh, go ahead, Tosh. No, I was going to one that kind of goes in hand with with Mark for Death is Ghoul Rot. You know, those those two seem to be the kind of go to curses that can really start to do some major damage to people. And uh, you know, Ghoul Rot's depending on what you what you use it for, it could be expensive or not expensive. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's got the Mage Bind plus two, but even still, I mean, you know, once you get that on there and people are having to deal with the two direct damage, but then also they have every flame attack throwing an extra die on them, that can become really annoying really quick. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
to kind of go along with that, um, if you poison blood someone, it's mm-hmm. it's an interesting thing in that poison blood's going to stop them from healing, but all your effectively all your attacks are going to be a bonus against them. So it's a uh, it's a nifty way to to get you know two things you want in a very aggressive spellbook. Yeah, I like I like that and Mark for Death. Those are both level one dark spells, so you don't have to worry about it eating yep. up too much of your spellbook space as well. And if you really want to get nasty, you throw Chains of Agony on somebody, and then you put on a Cloak of Shadows, and you walk away, and you do Aaron's trick of putting Ignite onto a wand, and you just start throwing fireballs at somebody from far away. And every time they try and get near you to shoot at you or get up to you, they end up taking more damage. So that's nice. pretty nice, too. Yeah, Chains of Agony being Yeah, we called that the them. matchbook. The matchbook. The matchbook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, her third ability is called Demonic Reward, and it says that if a friendly demon creature um, attacks and damages an enemy creature with a burn condition, it may heal one damage. And it says each friendly demon may only trigger this ability once per round. But this is a really good ability to have to make your smaller demons, who are a little bit more squishy, be able to stay on the board a little bit longer. Every point of damage counts, um, especially when you're talking about a creature who may only have five. Wildfire imp. <coughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> well, it, it definitely goes both ways because then when you look at uh, a Dremelec and you know he's not uh, he is not insubstantial in the slightest, uh, but at the same time, uh, a little bit of healing can go a long way to keeping him up and going. Yeah, a Dremel who? Who's that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's the guy with the horns, right? In the in the thing. The guy with the giant scythe yeah. <laughs> on fire. He's um, popular. He tours with Ozzy. <laughs> he tours with Ozzy, yeah. He's uh was one of the members of Guar. Rest in peace. The um the demonic reward though is uh, again, it provides her so many options. And and to me, having less life to start off the game, you need to have those type of options. Um you know, with a wildfire imp is one of the new creatures that's inside of, of Forged and Fire, and he's really pesky and really annoying. You know, he's he's five mana, he's a level one creature, he's got no armor and five health. He only rolls a measly little one die attack, but it is piercing plus one. Um, the key to him though is he says that instead of taking move action, the wildfire imp may pay one mana to teleport to a target zone with an object with a burn condition on it. Oh my goodness, I wish we had something like fire weaving. Wait, we do! (laughs) Um, So, you fire weave something onto somebody, you then activate your imp and teleport them over there. The wildfire imp gains melee plus two while attacking an object with a burn condition on it. So it all of a sudden becomes a really cheap one attack and a one die attack creature to suddenly a really effective three die attack with a piercing plus one and then you throw in the demonic reward that on top of all that it's going to get to heal damage you better one shot those imps real quick if you're the opponent or they're going to become like a little swarm of rats that are on fire on top of you so that's that's really really fun yeah, depending a, on which side of the board you're on. <laughs> yeah, I have a quick question about Wildfire Imp. Uh, the card says you can play, or the Wildfire Imp may pay one mana to teleport, but he doesn't have to have any channeling or anything like that. So how does he actually get mana? Well, whenever a creature has to pay mana and they don't have it, 
the mage is the one who pays it. It's the way familiars work. So gotcha. So the mage is the one who's going to be like the the imp is the one actually doing it, but the mage is the one paying for him. Makes sense. Yeah, if that dude had channeling, it would get even crazier. <laughs> <laughs> and he could only can uh, use you know fire based attacks or something like that. Um, oh wait, right. there's a familiar for that. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> um, uh, the last thing that she's got on her player card um, is Burning Touch, which is her quick action melee fire-based attack. It deals one die worth of damage and has an effect on a five or higher will do burn, as well as to have the defrost ability, um, like most fire attacks do, or all fire attacks do. But this is just another yep. one of those ways to get burn out on the table. Man, this lady is just going to burn up every arena she steps foot in. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, the simplest things can sometimes help you, and throwing a bear strength on yourself, and all of a sudden you're rolling three dice melee in a five-plus burn, that's not too shabby either. Yeah, that's an excellent suggestion. Well, if you have the aforementioned uh, uh, marked for death, uh, and she walks up and slaps them, they're going to have, it's a uh, three-die attack, so. <laughs> yeah, not too shabby. Uh, Tox, you mentioned, uh, uh, Scott, sorry, you mentioned before that uh, Ignite, which is one of the new incantations for Forged in Fire. Um, that is a two-mana yep. cost spell, and it's actually one of my favorites in the set because it allows you to, um, if a target already does not have a burn condition, it receives a burn condition. No ifs, ands, or yep. buts. You don't have to worry about rolling that effect die. And then from there... Yeah, it's got it. Like, that's it. Yeah. It's coming at you. You're going to take it. Um, Aaron had talked about uh, putting that on a wand. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, you're just sitting there spitting out burn tokens for, for two mana every turn. It can become like a fireworks show uh, really quickly. <laughs> um, but then, yeah. you you know, you can, you can combine that with another card in the set with uh, Combustion. You know, once you start stacking the burn tokens, um, because you can have as many as you want on there. I mean, if you got three or four burn tokens on there, you can get a bunch on there. Um, but then you have the combustion card, which is another incantation, which for five mana, you remove all burn conditions from the target, and then combustion makes an attack uh, equal to X uh, attack dice. That's a ranged attack for zero to two range, where X is the number of burn tokens times two. Yeah, so if you got three crazy. tokens on it, you could do six dice attack, just, you know, boom, it explodes all over the place. Now you have to remove the burn tokens, but as you've already seen or, or heard, she has a pretty good uh, variable options to getting more burn tokens back on things. So there, there's quite a bit of flexibility just within this set. But then, you know, you look outside of the set and, and some of the things that we've had from previous uh, you know, Force Master versus Warlord, Druid versus Necro, and even some of the cards in, in Conquest of Kumanjaro, because if some people may remember the Malachi Priest had some stuff around burn conditions as well, <laughs> there's some great options for her to be able to just literally light the entire arena on fire. No, the big thing with, uh, with Ignite for me is you want to get Ignite on a wand, and then you want to get your mage, your opponent's mage, or some big creature they have with a Dremelex touch on them. And then you ignite something that's standing next to them, and you fire weave it onto the person you actually want it on. Because ignite won't let you stack burns on someone, right. but you can light someone on fire, and then right. you can use fire weaving to get all that stuff to stack. And then uh, a Dremelex touch 
means that if they want these burns to go out, they're going to have to actually douse themselves with water or something, because you can, if they roll blanks, you can pay mana to, to keep the burn token around. Why so. are you hitting yourself with geyser, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that would be man. pretty funny. That may be my new goal is to get my opponent to geyser themselves. <laughs> that needs I to... had a I I had a guy do that in playtesting. I had like six burns on him, and I was about <laughs> to combust him, and he was like, Desperation! Surfing wave myself. <laughs> and he pushed himself into another zone even. But it was awesome. Oh, that's, that's great. Awesome. That actually needs to be a t shirt. Why you geysering yourself, bro, with just a picture of the uh, Dremelic <laughs> Warlock. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. No promises, but we'll see what we can do. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> um, all right, do you guys have anything else to add on to the Adrenalic Warlock? I mean, this this mage is absolutely deadly, and her artwork is amazing. So kudos, kudos to who designed that because she looks great. You know, we Spearing uh, is awesome. Yeah, yeah, he does a great job. Our Craig is a great artist, and and she's one of my favorite pieces of artwork when it comes to the mage because she just. She looks like everything you would expect her to be. Like mm-hmm. if you if you only saw the ability card and that's all you saw, and then you thought to yourself, "What would this woman look like?" This is exactly what she would look like. <laughs> it's, it's it's amazing. Um, it, was pretty, it was pretty cool because we were uh, like we've been doing a crossover with level ninety nine games, and so I was watching the stream of their artist doing her version of. Uh, our Dremelec Warlock, which turned out fantastic. Yeah, she looked but, really good. But she was like, yeah, Brad showed me the 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 art from the original one. And I was like, are you serious? Are you serious? You want me to do this? Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, think, I think hers turned out fantastic. But uh, Craig does fantastic. Like, he does all our mages, and he does amazing, amazing jobs. And I... The Adremelec Warlock is definitely one of the best ones I've seen. Yep. And that's probably a good good thing to bring up. You know, for anyone who doesn't know, we, we are doing this crossover um, with Level 99 games. Um, if anyone's not familiar with Level 99 games, I cannot recommend enough to check them out. Um, so Brad Dalton uh, Jr. is the uh, the owner of them. They have done a lot of Kickstarter games. They've been very successful with every one of their Kickstarters. I think actually their their lowest one was like 202% funded. So I mean it's it's pretty amazing how good they are. Um but they have everything in their portfolio from pocket games that are like 52 card, you know, decks of cards that you can put in your pocket and take with you up to big giant yeah, euro worker worker placement style games with uh Argent the Consortium. So they, they have a really vast amount of games in their portfolio, um, but it all kind of hinges around this world of BattleCon, and that's where we started to do this crossover. They have a new uh, Kickstarter available right now for their BattleCon, um, and we're having our mages guest appear in that game uh, as a add-ons, uh, like ad- additional packs you can get for the game. And then in a future set, we're going to have a couple of their characters become legendary creatures in our sets. Oh, that's um, awesome. the, yeah, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty cool stuff. It's, um, the thing that I, I think initially people were concerned about, and totally rightfully so, uh, is people did not want to see the artwork styles mixed 
So uh, if anyone isn't in the know, just so that everyone is, um, you know, like Aaron had said, their artist took our images and recreated it for their game and their image. We're going to do the exact same thing. So when, when their mages become legendary creatures in our game, it will fit thematically and stylistic-wise and artistic-wise in our game. It's not going to be like we're going to have a, a different art style just for those creatures or anything like that. But it will be those creatures, so if you're familiar with them, you'll you'll be really excited to see them in the game. That's awesome. And you guys can find more information on Level 99 Games' website, which is lvl99games.com. Yep, there's free plugs for Brad. There you, there you go. go <laughs> yeah, I'll be sending you a bill, Brad. No. <laughs> um, all right, hey, so, why don't we go? Why don't we go to war? <laughs> Let's go to war. Yeah. All right. So um, there is another mage as hot as hot. Pardon, excuse my French. As hot as this mage is, mm-hmm. and she is because she's lighting everything on fire. There is another mage inside of this set that is pretty darn beefy, meaty, just this guy is like pain and power personified, so. Yeah, he's absolutely, again, and and his artwork looks great. This is the first dwarf mage in uh, the Ethereum uh, universe here, right? So we're seeing, this is the Anvil Throne Warlord, and he looks absolutely wonderful. He's actually, um, like, it's a self-portrait of Aaron, actually. (laughs) Good look, Aaron. (laughs) Well, he is on my business card, but, uh... (laughs) So just to, um, I wish I could grow a beard like that. Oh, same here. Uh, same here for sure. Uh, just to run down his stats really quick, he's got, a, again, a standard 120-book um, spell book. He's got the uh, 34 health, 0 natural armor, and 9 channeling. He's, of course, uh, as a warlord, so he's uh, trained in the schools of war and earth magic. And he has three primary abilities and a basic attack. Um, the first primary ability we'll get into right now is his kind of his bread and butter and what really makes him stand out over the previous Warlord. Um, it's all about runesmithing. And Aaron, you've talked a bit about the, the, this version of the Warlord before. Can you go into uh, runesmithing for us for a bit? Sure. Um, so runesmithing is a really awesome way for him to kind of uh, adapt his equipment to what he needs. Um, he has five special runes, uh, and each of them does something different. And when he when he uh, equips a piece of equipment, then he can pay one mana and assign one of the rune tokens to it. Um, he only gets to use each one once, so when that piece of equipment is gone, that rune is gone, he's not going to get it back this game. Um but they all help improve some aspect of what the piece of equipment does. Um, he has a rune of precision, and that one makes his uh, the attacks he makes with that uh, that item more potent, so they get piercing plus one. Um, he has shielding, which if the item gives him a defense, then the first time he rolls it each round, he gets to add two to it which is uh, is pretty awesome. Um, He has Fortification, which if it gives armor, this makes it give an extra armor. Um, He has one that's Power, so anything that's going to cast a spell, um, he can trigger that ability for one less mana. So like uh, the Helm of Command, or the Wand of Healing, or an Elemental Wand, if he puts the Rune of Power on it, they're going to get it for less mana. 
Um, and then the last one is kind of the jack-of-all-trades one. It's uh, reforging. Basically, it gives the the That's equipment awesome. uh, cantrip. So you can destroy it once, and he's going to get the equipment back. Now, once it's destroyed, the rune is gone, but the equipment will come back. Now, all of those runes have one additional effect, which is if you try and destroy a piece of equipment that has a rune on it, you have to pay two extra mana to do so. Um, so when he when he stamps a rune on something, he makes it he makes it stronger and more resistant to uh, being destroyed, as well as giving it cool abilities. Um, and that's really one of the keys with him is to to have equipment in mind for his runes. Um, you you want to have a plan of where you want to use them, um, and you want to have something that can take advantage of them. Uh, because at different times, each of them uh, can be quite useful. He is like a very good soldier. He wants to have a plan of attack. And with him, it starts with his equipment. And it's pretty amazing how hefty those runes are. Some people have looked at them and, and gotten really excited about one or two of them. But when you realize that he has access to all five of them throughout the game, and, and if you build that battle plan correctly, like Aaron said, and, and you time out you know, when you want to use what equipment with what rune to make an impact in the game, it can become pretty staunch in terms of both offense and defense. Absolutely. I mean, the... I like it again from a thematic standpoint. I'm a sucker for that. You know, the dwarves being the greatest craftsman in Etheria, and this dwarf happens to have the runesmith ability to enhance his equipment. It just, it just works out so well. Yeah, some of our our favorites just in in fooling around with him. Like the first thing that I did with him, I put the rune of power on an elemental wand with hurl rock. And Hurl Rock is already pretty ridiculously good in terms of mana curve. When you look at the fact that you're rolling five dice for four, um, it's got a little bit of a downfall because it's only got a zero to one range, but it's still pretty good <laughs> and, yeah. and not too shabby to throw at somebody. But then when you put Rune of Power on the Elemental Wand and you're paying three mana instead of four mana... That becomes even more mana curve sweetness because then you're sitting there for three mana throwing five dice, potentially even dazing the, the target that you're going after. Um, and it can become really, really annoying for an opponent to have to deal with that really early in the game. Um, so there, there's just, just inside the set, there's some really cool things you can do with that. Um, but then outside of the this, this set, there are a ton of things. Um, Aaron Aaron had a nice little combination. Do you want to tell him about the Elemental Cloak one? <laughs> oh, sure. Um, well, Elemental Cloak's going to cost you three spell points. Um, it's one of those pieces of equipment that if you don't have a compelling reason not to use it, as in you're already using some cloak, um, then you should be using it. It's just really solid, um, especially considering it's going to help you against fire. Um, but... <laughs> he's gonna pay. Uh, he's gonna pay three spell points for it instead of two, like most mages, or one like the wizard. Um, so one of the things you can do is you can throw the reforging rune on him, so that they have to they have to waste a card getting rid of it. So then it'll go back to your spell book, and so then you'll be able to play it again. Um, now the other cool part is since it gives you armor, you can put fortification on it. 
So you can literally go from putting the Rune of Reforging on, so if they want to destroy it, they're going to have to pay 8 mana. And then after they do, then you put it back on with the Rune of uh, Fortification, and they're going to have to pay 8 mana to destroy it again, and it's giving you 2 armor. So it's it's a it's a pretty pretty sweet equipment for him. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds awesome. Uh, his his next ability is battle orders, and uh, if you've played the other warlord, you should be pretty familiar with this concept. But he has three um, three new battle orders that he can do. Uh, the first of which is take aim. And, uh, sorry, and if, for those of you who are unfamiliar with it, um, as a quick action, he can issue a command spell, basically, and there are three built into battle orders. Uh, the first of which is being take aim, and the ranged attacks gain piercing plus two, and this affects all creatures, or all friendly creatures on the zone that he currently Soldiers. Is. Sorry, soldiers, thank you. Um, and uh, the next is quick march. And that gains, um, all, all of them will gain the fast trait, so they'll be able to really close that distance uh, really efficiently. And then the third being hold the line. Uh, they'll gain plus one armor and the tough minus two traits. Um, and tough minus two is just unbelievable, especially when you're going against a mage who really is banking on getting those effect dice. Yeah, being able to like give Grims and Deadeye piercing plus two is not too shabby. <laughs> uh, for for that cheap, you know, you're you're already Grimson's pretty powerful uh, as he is, you know, standing on his own little hilltop. But adding in the piercing plus two uh, just makes it even all the better. Um, and there there's a lot of really good soldiers, um, and and now it makes them even better. Uh, the fast trait, in my opinion, is uh, of all three. I think that's the one that I think might get overlooked the most. But the fast trait with soldiers can become pretty hectic. Oh, um, there are so many, just you know, really cheap attacks, right? Like e even being able to to move the right thing in place for the right time, like the the dwarf Krigsbeil. Mm -hmm. if I'm, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong because I'm not German, but anyway, <laughs> the the dwarf, you know, he's got a four dice melee attack. You give him fast suddenly, and he becomes, you know, just a wrecking ball running in on somebody. Um, and even a goblin grunt, right? You get out a couple of goblin grunts that are, you know, little tiny four mana cost dudes that are are going to be throwing three dice, and suddenly they have the fast trait and they're throwing three dice. That becomes pretty pesky pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be these like meaty soldiers for it to really take effect and really really do some amazing things. And I like the idea of that two, with um, with lion savagery. Yeah. <laughs> yes, lion savagery is really 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 good. <laughs> um, it's probably the best enchantment in the game, in my opinion, right now, just me personally, um, because I love it so much. But yeah, <laughs> it, it becomes a wicked nice combination. Um, anyone who's not familiar with Lion Savagery is it's an enchantment that's inside of uh, this new set. It was actually a, a preview card, or a promo card, uh, for a little while, and then um, it's in Forged and Fire, but it's a um, it's like like all enchantments. It's two to come into play. Uh, the reveal cost is three, uh, and it says the creature gains charge plus two and melee attacks gain piercing plus one. So you cast your your quick or, or your quick march and give somebody fast. Then you flip over lion savagery for three. So you're spending a total of four mana, and they're able to 
move twice, make a quick attack, get charge plus two, get piercing plus one, and just wreck the line, so to speak. Yep. Yeah, that's absolutely going to devastate people. And hold hold the line, and, and Aaron can probably attest to this better than anybody, tough minus two is phenomenal, especially when you're dealing with the wizard. You know, whenever I run up against the wizard, it's not like he's there to, you know, hold my hand and walk me through the arena. He's trying to daze me and stun me and push me around and do all these terrible things to me. And when you get that tough minus two and, and you get to make it harder for them to trigger effects on you, that becomes really, really powerful. The yeah, one thing I would say ahead, that's Aaron. really amazing about uh, these battle orders, like, take aim is great uh, because, you know, it's going to help you peel through armor, which was something that the uh, the warlord didn't have before um, he had, you know, a couple of uh, incantations, but there really wasn't any piercing, um, and so that's a really good thing there. But especially the other two, um, those are like you really want to get his horn out, the the horn of uh, Gorth- Gothos, um, so that he can do them over the entire arena because. Being able to, at the start of a round, oh, I use my quick cast, and I'll, um, you know, I'll make everyone armor plus one and tough minus two, that's pretty dang special. Or, using it to give everyone fast, you basically have, like, a mini zombie frenzy, and you didn't have to use zombies. Yeah. <laughs> or zombie so, frenzy. <laughs> it's hard to run away from. And then, obviously, like, he, he always has access to those. What's really great with that, and this goes for both Warlords, though, um, Gurmash, uh, the new familiar, he's able to cast those if you decide not to give him a spell. So if you don't give him a command spell to cast, then he can cast, you know, uh, one of their battle orders as well. So Yeah, Gurmash is absolutely cool. I mean, he's just, he's just from every every aspect of it, he's awesome. Um, well, let's go ahead and uh, just mention the last ability here that the Warlord has. Um, his basic melee attack is just a is just a plain Jane vanilla quick attack that does three dice uh, worth of damage. Um, but his other ability, he comes built in with the tough minus two trait in the battle hardened um, ability that he has, which is awesome. So again, that's going to be a way for you to. Um, resist that control a little bit like Scott was saying earlier Um, do you guys have really quickly anything else to add on about these two mages well I guess the first thing is if you're looking outside of Forged and Fire um, for the Warlock especially you want to make sure to include Battle Fury um, since you get a chance to apply effects every time you attack. Uh, that gives you extra chances to apply burn. Also, the flame plus one trait is applied to all attacks. So if she can smoldering curse something, and then have say a Dremelec attack it, and then you know have the battle fury attack go off, um, she can net she can net a lot of uh, a lot of damage and a fair amount of burn tokens. So. That to me, that's that's the biggest card not in this set for her, is a uh, is Battle Fury. 
For for me on the Warlord side, one of the most fun things I've been playing around with right now is the Avarium Longbow. Um, it's a, a equipment. It's eight mana. It's a one to two range uh, full attack action. Uh, it does four dice and piercing plus one. Uh, until you add the Rune of Precision onto it, and it gets Piercing plus two, uh, which can become pretty hefty for him to have as a, a, a attack option when he's getting his soldiers out into the field, using his quick attack to cast the battle orders, and then using his Invarium Longbow to fire away at, at oncoming attackers. I think in both cases, though, and even though this is still in Forged in Fire, it's really flexible, is the Goblin Alchemist. Uh, the Goblin Alchemist, while he is a soldier, and immediately people look at him and go, wow, he's amazingly great for the Warlord, he's not too shabby for the Warlock either, because he has one of his three attacks that are, are built in. He has a bottle of flaming oil, which is a flame attack for two dice for zero to one range, and on a five plus he burns. So he is somebody who kind of can skirt either side of the arena for the new Warlord or the new Warlock, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And on Death Show, definitely in the next episode where we're going to be talking about a lot of the really cool cards here in Fortune and Fire and some of our favorite combinations that reach outside the set, we'll definitely bring him up again because he, he is worth mentioning twice for sure. Um, so, uh, guys, three any, times. <laughs> yeah, three times even. Um, that being said, guys, if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Smart Radio, please rate and review the show there. It really helps us bump up the ranks there. And um, I would definitely recommend you as well, if you're liking what you're hearing, please tell a friend or two about the show, and have, especially if they're Mage Wars players and they want to know a little bit more about the game. So help us spread the word. We'd really appreciate it. And Aaron, Scott, you have anything to say uh, before we go ahead and call this one a, a, a done deal? Nope, just watch out for the firebrand imps and the flaming hellions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Man, a few words as always. Well, on, on behalf of Scott and Aaron, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. As you uh, may have guessed already, episode five will be regarding more about Forged and Fire, and then we're going to move on to some more cool things after that in future episodes. So um, until then, thank you so much for listening, and game on. Play more Mage Wars. <laughs> <laughs>